0: Welcome to another episode of the NASCAS uh, podcast where, where we'll talk about technology, science, and mostly simulation. Uh, well, we are doing this um, podcast. Uh, we mentioned before that we we, we will do this, um, this podcast every two weeks, but now that our schedules are going... Um, our coincidence between between us, we are doing this every week. So you you will have an, a podcast in, of the Nascast every week. So welcome. We are. I am here with our host,
1: Axel Hernandez,
0: and Elam Losa. So um, starting with our. With our normal program how was your week Hacel?
1: oh my week was um, I had this little con- concern about the ransomware attack I I think you you heard about it it was the, uh, the last weekend yeah specifically on Friday yeah and they kidnapped ma- many many computers the mo- The most affected countries were China, and I think it was the the most affected uh, sector was healthcare in London. Just imagine losing the uh, expedient uh, of your patients; that must be very terrific for for the doctors, right?
0: Mm, Yeah. Just yes, uh, I don't know how they they handle that because when when you hear and they were asking for rescue using the bitcoins, but um, I don't know if I read a uh, news about that Windows was releasing an update, but I don't know in the in that news uh, I didn't understand it was before the the attack of it was later
1: it was after just in case
0: Okay, but I don't know at this time is the is this ransomware is completely annihilated or is still a is the still a threat still a threat? oh my god
1: (laughs) yeah because um they just uh, stopped the attack uh, accidentally because this, there was this guy who who bought the the site, yeah, the, the website, uh, which was spreading the, the RAM somewhere, and just stopped it was it wasn't really a tactical or a strategy it just it just was uh, really real lucky.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah that, that was an interesting way to solve this issue. but also I was reading about the news that Kaspersky uh, was uh, saying about this um, this uh, kind of attack. And as far I can i read in the in that new was that it was a really really frightening um, um issue
1: oh yeah it is uh, I remember having this this experience with uh, the this version of a ransomware where uh, I think it was like two years ago when I was in... When I was in another place, I had my computer uh, locked and it just say the same... It just said the same, like... Um, you got to deposit some, some quantity and then you will have your files again, but nobody... Nobody knows if you pay. Nobody knows if you recover your files if you pay. So it's it's just like flipping a coin.
0: Yeah. Yes. Also, also about that um, that issue, where was that the Bitcoin were fluctuating in the in, in the value because in well in the stock price were varying uh, so much. Pe- well, oh well, was decreased because it was a certain certain amount of money, and and after the ransomware, the bitcoins start um, slowly going down, and the market share.
1: No, oh, I I haven't noticed that. Yes. I didn't know.
0: That. <laughs> as as far as I as can I can remember, the stock was like. A, Fifteen hundred, and after the attack, uh, I remember that was uh, fourteen hundred, something like that. No, seventeen hundred, and then fourteen hundred. Oh. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: they really were affected
0: Yes, yes. It, it was a, it was a a big issue.
1: Mm. And what about you? How
0: was your week? Uh, this week, oh, I can remember what, <laughs> I, what what I what I've done? One thing was ah, uh, yeah. One thing was some game. It's a simulation of war. It's a it's a training to develop your soft skills, in your leadership and your decision, uh, where you are. Um, where you are in in the in, and what you want to do after that it's a really good simulation because you have two um, two armies or a simulation of two armies and well you will compete against against the other team so it's a really good It's one from it's um i think it's a here in mexico' it's a global corporate but some game it is um a, a copyright. So, you will hear about, you will hear in USA. I know that, that these kind of trainings are also in South America. I don't know in Europe if, if the training is, but well, you can, you can go to another kind of coaching training. So, well, I, re- I hardly recommend that, that kind of experiences. And mostly if you want to develop in a different way. So, if you have an opportunity, (laughs) go as I uh, recommend to you. Great. I'll I'll check. (laughs) So, I don't remember. uh, In the Spanish version, I was uh, saying another news, but uh I, I i i can i forget that so well in another in another news that was uh, interesting for us was that amd um unveils a 16 core chipset i don't know if you read that uh, news
1: yes i i saw the post the okay. yeah. i just i saw the post you posted <laughs> <laughs> Uh it's amazing I think 16 cores it's gonna be an interesting time to, to develop some guy stuff
0: <laughs> yeah uh, before that I I don't know if it if was the, the news was true or the notice was true was that the Intel was trying to release an Intel Core i9 but I think it was like a joke because the the, the post that I've read was that Intel was trying to release a 12-core processor uh, for the normal people I think because in the, in the Xeon oh, well, for the workstations they have a 12-core but I don't know if, if that notice was true
1: well if that's not true then so they are going to be uh, behind behind uh, AMD yeah. so they they need to make sure they are developing a, a technology that matches that that power
0: yeah so I hope uh, we, we have the opportunity to test one of those of those chipsets uh, well, uh, we, will, uh, we will we will have to wait to to have more details on those in those hmm. chips. So, well, continuing with our part of the introduction, what is the quote of the of this week as well?
1: Yeah, the quote of the week is: "Everything that can be automated will be automated." By Robert Cannon internet law and policy expert well I think yeah and I think it it will be like 2025 or 2030 that everything almost everything will be automated what do you think uh,
0: well regarding the most recent news was like um and well, I'm, I'm, I am, I agree with, the, with that quote because going to an strange part of this postca- of this podcast. Uh, recently, we heard so so much things about sex dolls. So, well, if you can automate that, I don't know what else you cannot automate. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Recently, uh, you remember we pay, we pay, we make some payments, and and I remember not uh, going with with a guy to to give my money. Uh, instead of, I was in front of, of a machine and and I was uh, just pushing buttons and my. Uh, my ticket was
0: all there the operation uh, to a machine not with a human not with human interaction yeah that's also, automation yeah also that kind of um, of uh, of machines that has that happened in the bank um, also count the uh, the amount of money that you have you you can give. To put the the money, the the papers, <laughs> the paper in the machine, and, and it, it will count. So I was I was impressed in that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, so well, I I completely agree with the with the quote of the day. So continue continuing with the. With the format of the podcast, we will go to the topic of the week.
3: Got a darn baby, I love her so. Nothing else like her anywhere you go. A man, she's anything but calm. Regular, fine size, I had a bum. Had a baby, little, had way I want it to be a million times hotter than TNT Adam bomb, baby, loaded with power Radioactive as a TV tower A nuclear vision in her soul Loves with the electronic control Atom bomb, baby, little atom bomb Just the way I, I want it to be, a million times harder than TNT. Adam bomb B-na-da. baby, boy, she can start one of those chain reactions in my heart. A big explosion, big and loud, mushrooms me right up on a cloud. Atom bomb baby, little atom bomb, I want her in my wigwam. She's just the way I, I want, want her to be. to be A million
0: times
3: hotter than TNT Adam Bomb, baby, Pepper sweet as a bomb, tapa- carries more wallop than uranium When she kisses, there's no hitch Zero power she turns on the switch Adam Bomb, baby, little Adam Bomb, the way I want to be A million times harder than TNT Adam Bomb, baby little Adam Bomb I want her in my wigwam. one She's just the way I want to be A million times harder than TNT
0: Adam baby little Adam Bomb Hello and welcome. We are back after this, oh, I remember my, my week, was about the music, that was a test, about testing two violins, one was a recent one, and the other violin was an Stradivarius, so the test was to see if it, if the Stradivarius is... Until now um, I don't know if it's the one of the best violins in the world. So I will put in here the audio of the two of the two violins. Well, the first one is the new, or the recent violin, and the second one is a guardanini. So, I prefer the second one, the guardanini, so, well, this is really interesting about in the music, and it's according with our past um, episode of the podcast, where we talk about music, art, and science. So that was my week. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So what?
1: Uh, yeah, you you said the um, the best is the modern one, not the not the right?
0: Yeah, because it was a um, an experiment about the expression how you how you how the people of the audience is listening to the to the violin because if you are in a concert hall you need so much projection you have to feel of the of the concert hall so for that reason the the actual violin is one of the best when you have an Stradivarius you can hear it as much as the as the new ones. But. But what. What the people say about this. What the musician, musicians are saying about this. S- they said. That Anestrade Barrios. of all the, that kind of. Violins. Are. Mm, better with. Um, with more piano music. I mean. On slow volume Because you have a richer sound in that. That kind of violins. So, isn't is not is not all the all the violins I'm generalizing with this with these news? But well, that that's why what they are saying. Okay. So well, you, I will I will put the 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 music and well. The decision is yours, and well, yeah, yeah, that was my w- that was my week, and well, now we are in the topic of the week mm, in the past weeks that we didn't record the the podcast, we were having an, an, a test um, in front of one of our professors, and there was a question that we. We were curious to answer, because we said something, and he said another thing which was a was not completely a game changer in our minds, but we thought at that point that was maybe our, our mistake in our conception, but, well, we will figure out in this topic of the week. And our topic is autopilots. Mm, i don't know what are the definition of autopilot as I, what do you have to us
1: well autopilot i think we have we we have to give a, a historical perspective to the before answering the question um well well an autopilot is just
0: um but yeah you can start the uh, you can start yeah, with yeah. from the Wright Brothers
1: yeah they, well you remember Wright Brothers 1903 they they have been attributed to, to build the first power flight in, in December and yeah they have difficulties of controlling the early aircraft and the progress toward longer flight times led quickly to the development of an automatic control system. Then in 1912, an autopilot was developed by Sperry Gyroscope Company and tested on a Curtis flying boat. By 1914, the Sperry airplane stabilizer had reached such a state of development that a a public flying demonstration was given in in which the mechanic walked along the wing while the pilot raised his hand from the country, Freestyle. You know the Freestyle.
0: Yeah, right? the Freestyle condition for the most recent aircraft.
1: And then the World War first. If if you can give us what's, ne- what's next?
0: Yeah, in World War World War One, uh, 1914 and 1918. Well provide the impetus for a great progress in the aircraft design. So however, a human pilot was perfectly capable of providing the normal sta- stabilizing and control functions for the aircraft of this era. Mm, but after that, the aircrafts start, begin, start becoming more and more complex, so also, one of the topics that we had in our Spanish versions was about Brian in one of the most important uh, persons of the um, of the aerodynamics in this case stability of of the aircraft so the small perturbation series of aircraft dynamics developed by Brian in 1911 well helped to to develop the stability der- derivatives in the 1920s. so also with that the these derivatives were calculated and also the theory was confirmed by flying test so well that's a really really good part of the of the aircraft's history. So little practical use was made of the theory because even the problem of finding the rules of a quartic equation was difficult at, time, at the time, uh, if you are studying the stability derivatives well, you will have a high order equation depending of of your type of aircraft, if you have a, most com- commercial ones, or a private, uh, like a Cessna, well is not complex as a fighter so well finding the roots was one of the of the problems at the time also the development of of the pilots continues using gyroscopes as the reference sensors and pneumatic uh, servo mechanics uh, to position the control surfaces also Sperry autopilot also helped to the wildest post to fly around the world in last than 8 days in 1933. So what do we have next, Azel?
1: Okay, in the 1930s classical control theory began to develop Uh, the need to design stable telephone repeater amplifiers with closely controlled gain led to the work of Black in regeneration theory and the Nyquist frequency domain stability criterion. You know, Nyquist.
0: <laughs> yeah, the,
1: st- the stimuli also led to Bode's complex f- frequency domain theory for the relationships with, between gain and phase and his logarithmic plots of gain and phase. If you are studying control theory, Nyquist and Bode, and Bode are, are going to be uh, mentioned many, many times. Then in World War Two. Um, more developments in control theory were were needed because of the radar tracking and for the positioning of the guns and radar antennas. Um, here, here happened, uh, here happened this with aircraft and the speed altitude envelope. Was extended for many, many aircraft. This created a need to analyze the dynamic behavior. Mm. So the larger aircraft required uh, power boosted control surfaces and the developments in how traveling servo mechanisms resulted.
0: Yeah, um, opening a quoting here. The speed-altitude envelope is, is what we know of flying envelope, which is which is a relationship between the speed of the aircraft and the altitude that the aircraft can fly. If you are going up in the altitude, well, you you can't go faster as you go, like a, like a sea level. So, well, these. augmentation of the or were yes, augmentation of the flying envelope uh, become or well (coughs) done the the aircraft more unstable so as you mentioned also that the that the control surfaces were boosted with uh, some power control like like hydraulics or mechanisms well because also that was because the control wasn't complex that you need, uh, and also the speeds were higher, and higher, and the forces were 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 more big be- than before. So well, you can continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah, and then there is br- this breakthrough in 1947. Uh, U.S. Air Force C. 53 made a transatlantic flight, including takeoff and landing, completely under the control of, a, of an autopilot. So, by the late 1940s, the concepts of frequency response and transfer function, functions had become more generally known, and the first analog computers were were becoming available. And the road locus technique. Was a major development in, in analyzing and designing control systems. Um, many many analyses of the stability and performance on, of aircraft under automatic control began to be performed. Began to be performed more commonly by aircraft companies. Again, the, the aircraft altitude speed envelope was being expanded rapidly by the first jet fighters and by a series of research aircraft called the X-Series
0: yeah also well the X-1 aircraft was a rocket powered made by Bell and well uh, the first flight of this aircraft was in January of 1946 also in October 1947 it achieved the supersonic flight and in August of 1949, an altitude of nearly uh, 72,000 feet was reached. Also, the envelope was extended to further by the next generation of X-planes. For example, in the X-1A to X-1D, the, they r- they reached the 2, 2.44 Mach and they reach an altitude of seventy thousand feet of altitude, but they start starting seeing an inertia coupling in the in the three axes. For example, in the X one, the, they start to spin around the the three axes, and also most kill the pilot. So well, inertia coupling effects were encountered. encountered because this aircraft had the basic form of a modern jet fighter, with a short, stopping wings, most of the mass concentrated along the longitudinal axis, and relative, relatively small tail surfaces for directional stability. So, well, you start needed a more control surfaces. Before the problem was fully understood, understood a number of aircraft of the period suffered of inertia coupling effects sometimes was disastrous results but both the for example for the x2 and the x3 and the f100 jet fighter during the disc cruise uh, course of production a program in 1953 were where of the were there class that was affected with this inertia coupling. So many other factors besides the inertia contrib- contribute to the need for more analytical approach to the aircraft stability and control problems. The changes in the aircraft mass properties, together with the need to reduce the area of the aerodynamic surfaces, for example, to lower the drag at a high speed, well, caused a change in the natural modes of the, air- in the aircraft. Which what does it mean mathematically? where you are Increasing the the complexity of the equations. For example, if you have a great two equation for the longitudinal longitudinal uh, behavior, well, now I'm just guessing that la- you will obtain like a nine uh, polynomial, nine great polynomial. So well, you are increasing the complexity. So, so they need they start to not being controllable by the pilot, well, so you need an autopilot in that. So in addition to the damping of the natural modes tending to decrease as the altitude limits of the airplane were expanded, this factor made it important to predict the frequency and damping of the modes analytically. Also, the expansion of the aircraft's speed-attitude envelope meant that much greater variations in the dynamics of the aircraft were encountered. So, after that, what happens? Yeah.
1: Power-boosted or fully-powered control surfaces were introduced because of the increasing aerodynamic loads associated with greater performance and larger aircraft and because they could eliminate the many hours of flight tests needed to balance the control surfaces carefully, um, with power boosted controls, the field could be modified with springs and bob weights. And with fully powered, irreversible controls, the field could be the field could be provided completely artificially. Thus, so they handled qualities of the aircraft could be adjusted to be satisfactory over a a very wide envelope. Power boosted controls also made the use of of stability augmentation, in which signals from the angular rate sensors could be fed to the the control surface actuators to modify the natural modes of the aircraft. So, this facilitated the use of more complex
0: of pilots. The yeah, uh, the stability documentation was, was a really game changers game changer in this. So, by 1949, what happened? By uh, 1949,
1: so the first flight of the Havilland Comet, the aircraft that essentially defined the modern jet transport aircraft. In the early 1950s, the problems of supersonic flight up to Mach 3 And beyond were beginning to be investigated. The Lockheed X7 unmanned rocket plane was built to provide a test for Ramjet engine. Ramjet engine is is a kind of of engine without uh, any mechanical compressor, any mobile compressor, right?
0: yeah compressor and uh, you have compressor and turbine You don't, have, you don't yeah. have that, you only are using the movement of the aircraft to, to make the mass flow pass to, through the, to the engine.
1: Yeah, cool. So, during a five-year test program beginning in 1951, it also provided information on high-speed aerodynamics, aerothermodynamics, especially fuels, and essential materials. And data from programs such as this undoubtedly contributed to the design of aircraft such as the F-104 and the SR-71. The X-15 rocket plane, rocket plane which first flew in 1959, expanded the envelope for manned flight to beyond Mach 6 and above 30, 300, 300 feet.
0: 300,000 quasi-
1: ah, 300,000 feet sorry um, yeah so what's next in the early 60s
0: yes well also you forget the forgot to mention that this aircraft DX-15 was equipped with a Honeywell design adaptive control system that, provide, that provided three-axis stability augmentation and the transition from aerodynamic control to the reaction control as the aerodynamic controls became ineffective at a high altitude. So in the 60s, a small fighter aircraft were approaching Mach 2 speeds, uh, a French achieved. Uh, match 2.3, and later the F4 Phantom met, uh, made a record-breaking match 2.2.4 flight. In the civil civil aviation field, this was the time of the Boeing 707 and Douglas DC-8 passenger jets, and the development of the special British British Aerospace Concorde SST. So the digital computer was beginning to have a major impact on engineering. The techniques of numerical analysis assumed great importance, and this stimulated the growth of a modern control theory in the mid of the 60s. So, as you can see, the this uh, this also when we when we were talk before in the Spanish version of the, of this podcast, we were studying that the use of the computers of uh, Increase the the control that you have for, in that case, for the for the flight simulators, but also help for the real aircrafts. So, what happened next?
1: Yeah, a great deal of hypersonic aerodynamic knowledge was gained from the X fifteen program and from hypersonic wind tunnel studies in the late fifties. The X-20 was was, their name, was the, the name, to be built by Boeing, under a 1960 contract on powered power glider that would gather data to solve the problem of pilot control re-entry from orbit. Funny, the final design was a unique V-shaped vehicle with a thick wing and, um, and upturned wingtips.
0: The classical Delta aircraft.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although the program was canceled before completion of the first vehicle, it pioneered the technology for US space shuttle. Later, the unmanned asset and prime uh, X 23A vehicles provided flight, flight data on structures, materials, control systems. And other technologies for maneuvering reentry. This was followed in 1969 and the early 1970s by the X24 manned lifting body vehicles. This provided data on the low speed characteristics of manure, manure, uh, maneuverable reentry vehicles, including stability characteristics, pilot experience for comparison with simulators man-vehicle interface data, and much control system.
0: Yeah, also because of the digital computing in the 1970s, so I read the strides in computational three dynamics, structural, and flutter. uh, Well... If you haven't heard the bound flutter the flutter is an aeroelasticity phenomena where uh, when you are reaching certain um, certain speed the wings start like buffeting similar to that um, phenomena uh, well that's that's the floater flutter phenomena. so also the simulation uh, of complex dynamical systems were helped because of the computer also the application of guidance, of guidance and control theory in real time on board in digital computers. So, simulation te- techniques made possible a realistic training on ground. So Also, the automatic flight control system on board an aircraft con- allowed the dynamic behavior of entirely different aircraft to be simulated. Thus, a space shuttle pilot trained off on a Goldstream 2 aircraft that simulated the feel of the space shuttle. So, as you can, you can see the the development of the computers and also the, the the control systems helped also for the training of the of the people. Well, of your crew, the also the development of the flight simulators increased, and well this is a um, a good approach so i don't know what happened in the 70s
1: yeah in the 70s flight control technology advances allowed the f-16 aircraft to be designed for relaxed static stability and all electric full fly by wire control previous aircraft had had used high authority electrical control superimposed on the basic electrohydraulic system, or, as in the case of the Concorde, an electrical system with um, with mechanical backup. The processing of, of electrical signals for automatic flight control system was still in analog rather than a digital form. By the 80s, so the flight testing of Aircraft with additional aerodynamic control surfaces that provided direct lead control or direct side force control. AFTI F-16 and the Grumman Forward Swept Wing X-29 with digital flight control systems. The F-16 aircraft allowed the use of side force control through a ventral fin and dear direct lift control through the combination of the horizontal tail and wing leading edge flap. The decoupled motions provided by this control were evaluated for possible use in combat situations. The X-29A research aircraft is unstable in pitch and has three surface pitch control canards, wings flap and straight flap The flight control system is triply redundant digital system 3D digital processors with voting to eliminate a faulty channel with analog backup for each processor this aircraft raised interesting multivariable control problems for modern control theory
0: yeah also in, uh, in the 81 uh, the space shuttle has its first flight in march so well there was also a um, a resurgence of the interest in hypersonic flying. Uh, also the British, um, also the single stage to orbit vehicle were studied, including the British HOTL, which means horizontal takeoff and landing. Also unmanned on on satellite launch vehicles and the US TAF, TAF means trans vehicle. So, well, that's, that's all we have in the history part. So, well, what does this mean to the definition of the autopilot? What does that mean? Yeah, I think it's
1: the replacement of, of the human to to accomplish a task. It could be just um, following uh, a path, following a signal like war or, or heading, um, maintaining uh, an altitude, uh, or, or maybe the angle at- of attack, stuff like that, you know?
0: Yeah, so basically it's, um, it's something that helps you to fly the, the aircraft so also there was um what what well you mentioned the, the that definition of the cut what 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 was the why do we need these these kind of systems well
1: basically we need these systems because of the large variation in dynamic which cause um Large variation in the coefficients of the dynamic equations. It means that the, um, the basic aerodynamic coefficients change with Mach number, and the functions of the aerodynamic angles, uh, and also the mass properties because you are you are consuming fuel, change with different payloads and and also dynamic mode that that before was stable, now is not. So you have to provide an adequate damping, right?
0: Yeah, that from that's it's from the standpoint of uh of aerodynamics. But also, the the, uh, the aircrafts become more more and more complex because in the first right um, right aircraft, the we have the control surfaces using. Um, cables. So after that, we increasing the number of the control surfaces. Also, the forces were increased because um, we expand the the span of the aircraft. So the forces that you feel in the in the stick were more and more increasing. You you also augmented the amount of well you increase the, ma- the amount of buttons that you have in the cockpit so also the engines become mo- become more and more complex so well you you have now an special computer computer for the engine so having-, so having an autopilot will help you to control the aircraft so also what are, what are the functions now really in the most well, well what's, what, do you, what do you avoid using an autopilot
1: um, yeah, the, the situations that you need to avoid is um, getting in those uh, natural modes especially the, the natural mode yeah because it's it could be uh, a tragedy. Yep, um, and you need to provide uh, the pilot with a particular type of response to the control inputs.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we will we will divide the phenomena of the of stability of the of the aircraft into into things. One is a uh, long- longitudinal uh, movement and the, then uh, lateral directional movement. In the longitudinal we have short period and long period with our, our oscillations in the in the x axis of the aircraft and in the lateral directional we have a roll, divergence roll and also the ro- dodge roll mode. The roll mode is you or the pure roll, you are rotating in the, the aircraft in the Rangers roll, you will go to one of the sides of the aircraft and start decreasing the altitude and the dodge, dodge roll, as you mentioned, is a combination of the, of the movement you will see uh, the speed is varying, you will start losing altitude and the and the aircraft will will start to oscillate in the lateral axis uh, in this case y axis I, I remember that when we were working on simulation of the aircraft we have an special situation when we when we were able to simulate a dutch roll condition um, for example, this is the this is the one of the most important things of uh, au- autopilots. For example, if you have an or, only uh, only uh, guidance assistance for example, heading, uh, the pitch and the and the velocity. If you only control that, uh, and you uh, don't avoid the the natural mode in this in this simulation that we have seen we have a discussion with the developer of the of the autopilot because he, we mentioned to him you need to to make a control system according with the aircraft dynamics you can't only uh, simulate that uh, a guidance system so well he continued with his work and when we started doing some tests we, we, uh, we were simulating a dodge roll condition and we had the automated pilot activated in that simulation so well and then we started to look at the aircraft stability and equilibrium conditions so yeah that was yep. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> yep.
1: well now we can divide um, these control systems in, in three in three um, in three kinds yep one is the SAS stability augmentation system the next is CAS control augmentation stability Control augmentation system sorry and the finally is autopilot. Do you wanna start with SAS?
0: Yeah. Well the system augmentation stability what does it do? What does well what does it do? For example, most of the high performance commercial and military aircraft require some in some form, stability augmentation. For example, if you are using an autopilot, you will need to avoid the fugoid mode, the touch roll mode, divergent mode, and well, using, for example, the SAS typically use sensors to measure the body axis angular rates of the vehicle, and feedbacks process to the version of the of these signals to several mechanisms that drive the aerodynamic control surfaces. In this way, the, an aerodynamic moment proportional to the angular velocity of its derivatives can be generated and used to produce a damping effect on the motion what does that mean? for example, if we are going to a left we have to have a moment that... to the right and we, and we will have an stability condition of our aircraft. If the basic mode is, is unstable because we, we could be in a stability mode with... what does it mean? If we are stable, if we are, pure, uh, if we apply a force to the, to the motion, we won't lose, uh, more kind easily the, the movement of we have. If it's unstable, we only put a little fly in that, and the aircraft will start to lose and well. Also, in the equilibrium part, we have the uh, equilibrium of forces, uh, which are different. For example, in an equilibrium point, we are in a static position. In stability, we we can go, and for example, in a vertical oscillation, but we continue s- stable in the in the aircraft. So there is no big point on that. But that's a SAS part. What? What's about the CAS?
1: Yeah, the CAS is mostly for high-performance military aircraft. Why is this? Because the pilot may have to maneuver the aircraft to its performance limits and perform tasks such as precision tracking of targets specialized is when it's needed. So the flight control technology has advanced to the point where the flight control system can provide uh, the pilot with, uh, with uh, selectable task-tailored controllers. For example, although the role of fighter aircraft was change, has changed to include launching missiles from a long range, uh, the importance of the classical Dutch fight is still recognized a dodge fight places uh, a high maneuver maneuver maneuverability and agility i mean the ability to to change maneuvers quickly so um, CAS such as road rate pitch rate normal acceleration and lateral directional this means uh, high-performance uh, military aircraft uh, must have specified roll, uh, a specified roll rate, a specified, a specified pitch rate, in order to avoid um, the attacks of the opponent, or maybe the, the right tracking of of the other aircraft.
0: Yeah. So. Why, why, why? Military uh, aircraft needs this kind of of uh, of systems. Well, you mentioned that because they are unstable.
1: Uh, I think I didn't mention it, but yeah, they are pretty unstable, and this is an advantage when when you want to be your aircraft real um, maneuverable because uh, pretty stable means it's hard to maneuver but unstable it's easy to maneuver
0: right, yeah, Yeah. but it makes uncontrollable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah Yeah. but uh, that's why we use computers, as you said earlier (laughs) We use computers to make it uh, safer.
0: Just yes. for, for example, in if we are uh, looking in the design standpoint of the aerodynamics, for example, we will we will use a high I, I, I don't know in English high hate... wing or high wing, which is um, in the top of the fuselage. Also, uh, use di- the the dihedral um, angle. Uh, trying to avoid a swept angle of the of the wings, so that's from the from the aerodynamic standpoint, but to make more easy to control your your aircraft. But for example, in the combat, well, the fighters, well, the the wing is like a delta wing. Is you have small control surfaces and well that's difficult huh yep yeah. yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well passing to the autopilot well it it has to control the pitch pitch altitude and hold it also altitude hold the speed mac hold automatic landing roll angle hold tongue coordination and heading to Uh, heading halt using the VOR V-O-R which are the radio frequencies so that's from the navigation uh, assistance standpoint for the autopilot but also for example we have uh, different kind of autopilot we mentioned that we have three axis control but well we have three levers of control in the autopilot autopilot for example a single axis autopilot controls in the aircraft which is only for roll Uh, well that's only for wind levels then we have a two axis autopilot which control an aircraft in the pitch as well as roll and finally we have a three axis autopilot which adds a control in the yaw axis but that's not only in the in the autopilot now we have an ILS what are, what are those?
1: well yeah ILS I remember it's instrumentated landing system um, there are um, many categories category 1 permits pilot to land with a decision height uh, of 200 feet uh, the category 2 with a decision height of 200 feet and 100 feet, uh, and and so on, and and I think the the airport that here in Mexico that that really has an ILS, it's the only one. It's to look I think, but maybe you have another information.
0: Uh, I think. I can't remember really. If in C- Mexico City, we have an island 3 In because of the height, because it's um it's a it's a pronounced um, um descent. Well, you have to to arrive uh, highly with a uh, so much speed, but no, I can't remember at this time.
1: Well, let's say we have a, here in Mexico an ALS land ALS um, instrument yep. for the proper for the proper, proper
0: landing. Yep. yeah. There is also what categories?
1: Yeah, the category three A, and this permits the. This permits pilots to land with a decision height as low as 50 feet. And Category 3B, um, this permits pilots to land with a decision height less than 50 feet or no decision height, and forward visibility of 200 feet. And finally, the Category 3C is like... 3 but without decision height or visibility minimums, such as such, also known as uh, zero zero.
0: Yeah, so, basically uh, what we are saying is that the autopilot is capable to to take off to fly the the aircraft and also landed without any problem (laughs) yeah so well now now i want to make a question about not aircraft because we were highly dedicated to the aircraft part but what is your perspective in cars because we are seeing more autonomous vehicles
1: yeah um, uh, absolutely we need autopilots in cars and especially we have a problem with the traffic jam i don't know how much how long have you been in traffic jam i think like i think i have been like three hours and and that's the worst for me Uh, and just imagine uh, Pushing the the brake, pushing the gas with your feet—it's just very, very tiring. So an autopilot could could have this done, and and I don't know—you maybe take a nap or or chatting with your friends, but without the the pressure of of uh, paying attention to the road.
0: Yeah, but also, well, uh, in the past. Oh, past few months, uh, we we heard about some accidents that happened with our Tesla cars. What I don't know which kind of technology they are using.
1: Tesla uses radar sensors. Yeah, radar sensors, sensors and ultrasonic. They don't use lidar. Uh, I don't know exactly why, but they don't use it.
0: Yeah, they they are not using lidar, yep
1: and I think those accidents were because of the of the weather of course sensors are not perfect and, and they are affected by the weather in, the, in that case I remember the the day was like foggy so the sensor could have these um, imperfect imperfect lectures so I think that caused the accident
0: yeah, they. they I, I don't know I think we need to start looking in more complex automation systems because at the end of the day we don't have a communication between cars or between the environment we are only using sensors to censor uh, the world
1: <laughs> yeah we don't have this communication yet but I think uh, eventually we, we will have it
0: Yes, so, well, we need to to start working more in that. I don't know, well, one of the challenges was to start becoming the cars more and more intelligent, and the challenges was for the 2020, as far as I remember, or 2021.
1: 2021, yeah. Well, uh, I... I don't think that's gonna happen so so quick. I think for 2030, it could be. I don't know. What about you? Uh,
0: I, I think yes, that that is possible because the, we are increasing the the power of the of the computing. For example, we were saying in the first part of the podcast that AMD unveils the 16 core processor, but well, just imagine having that kind of processor in your in your car
1: yeah, yeah, but um, also we need to develop better sensors as we said earlier uh, ultrasonic sensors, they don't work really good with um, adversive uh, uh, weather, so that's also a part that we need to work really, really work on
0: yeah, also, also. well, in aircraft we have at least three support or auxiliary systems to, to fly. For example, if you lose an engine, you have another engine. If you have lost two the two's main engines, you have another engine which becomes magically... No, that's not true. But we have redundant systems. For example, in, in autopilot you can mm, drive... When we pilot the, the the aircraft using the stick, using the uh, I can remember the the panel of the of the cockpit, and then you have the panel lower panel in the, in the in the in the aircraft. Also, you can fly using the FS, FSMS no F M S. You can flying using that. So we have our. Re- we have one or more systems but what, yeah, yeah. what do you think about cars because we are hardly struggling with the weight
1: well I, I don't think they are gonna have um, redundant systems um, soon at least and, and this is because the in cars we are in cars as in air I don't know it is uh, we are losing um, to diminish the, the weight of the vehicle so if we add more more systems we will have uh, more con- more fuel consumption more 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 problems essentially yep so um and also aircraft have free on systems because you can you cannot park on the cloud <laughs> an aircraft. but yeah. you, you can park uh, a car on the street or or mostly on the street. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At least you you won't fall from the floor.
1: Yeah, you will find.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a real uh, that problem. But for example, what what will happen if, if we lose the what one of the sensors on the on the car? On the car.
1: That's an interesting question. I think they, I think there will be a a backup plan, like fusion sensors or or maybe. Just send an, an a, a, a message of warning like, mm, "I'm blind. Eh, take it, Take the control, human. <laughs> Something like
0: that." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know. I don't know how, how, how will will be the solution in this. But for example, I I I will use a supposition. For example, you are sleeping and then you lose the the primary primary sensor I don't know and how Mm -hmm. and how the car will advise you that you have lost for for example for example yeah yeah there is another question we when we have an aircraft we have different computers which are sensing different buses of communications even we have that redu- <coughs> reductant computer systems which are independent from one to to another but what happens if your navigation system in the car uses one of the computers and you lose that computer which is controlling all the, com- all the car I don't know <laughs>
1: well that's very interesting I don't know maybe um, that could be just like aircraft you remember the the sounds they are pretty pretty disturbing pretty annoying so maybe if you are sleeping you're gonna you really are gonna wake up so yeah and if and if the main computer fails, I think, um, well, I think the guard just should um, should shut down. And to a, yeah, it doesn't matter if you are in the in in the road. I think yeah, the down and communicate with the other car say hey, here's an accident here's a, an issue with this car so um, keep it keep it uh, safe something like that
0: <laughs> yeah I don't know well I think that's uh, that's all from the topic of date I don't know did you have anything else to say?
1: No, I think we covered this topic very well.
0: Okay, so I have the the hope that we start doing this on series of like simulation to because in the Spanish version we have different uh, episodes before this um, and well this um, series of flight simulation. So well, I hope that we start doing that and well at least we are doing this uh, more continuous so well that's all the part from this topic of the week let's go to the final part
2: While in the rain stop pouring on this empty world I'm stumbling through this nightmare People around me don't seem to care But that doesn't mean you can leave me there Feeling hurt
0: Welcome to the last part of the podcast, and, well, we have some marketing uh, in here. If you need an interpretation for from um, some text, technical test, to Russian, Spanish, or English, or any permutation or combination that you want, you can contact us. So, well and we have some services of CAE, CAD, PC, Gamers if you want to have an um, estimation of the cost well, we can help you, more or less or at least giving you the... Um, for example, in CAE and CAD uh, computers we can guide you for to choose an uh, a specific computer so also we have C A E services. If you have a, a piece of mechanical piece to be, optima- to be optimized, well, we can help you with that. Also, we have some services of power computing. Computing, if you have, um, for example, a model and you want to reduce the to reduce the m- amounts of of degrees of freedom, well, we can help you on or we can share with you some, some HPC power so, also you can follow us in the social networks as simulation simulationNAS and you can emails send us an email to connection.nas.gmail.com also uh, we have a section an special section for questions and you can put your questions in the social network or sending them directly through the email and well, we will answer that question in the next episode of the podcast so well, that's all from that part and where we are saying um, goodbye and after, before that we recommend you some things. What do you have this week to recommend to your to our audience?
1: Yeah, for this week, um, I don't know if you know this. Um, these sites, these websites, like Coursera. Coursera is a it's a platform to to learn almost anything in college, and there are many many good cor- many good courses and and this week, I, I really recommend you uh, spacecraft dynamics kinematics. It's a very good course. It's it's just like read read by ph- physics, but it's very, but it's very very good explained. Yeah. And what about you? Lam?
0: Uh, well, I will recommend uh, TEDx exposition from. Benjamin Sander, the transformative power of classical music is a very good um, exposition from Ted where it mentions to you um, where it, at least for me I approach Chopin in a different way than, than before
1: yeah yeah I saw your post and it was it worth every single minute that you see that video
0: yeah, it's a, it's a really masterclass
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a masterclass, I forgot that expression
0: <laughs> so, well, that's all from our part, I don't know, final thoughts
1: mm, mm, follow our page and wait for the release of our blog of our page, I think you could find useful stuff there.
0: Yeah. So wait for some presents that we have to you in these in these weeks. We are continue working, continuously working in this in this kind of stuff. So well, that's all from this episode of the podcast. See you next time.
1: Bye.